0: Hope and Patience with Amelia Rope, a podcast about business, well-being and chocolate.
1: Hello and welcome to our latest episode of H&P. It's fab to have you here. Our guest today is a serious mover and shaker, a pioneer, a man with perseverance and guts. He has influenced how we eat in so many ways and I bet you he will continue to do so. His latest creation is a robotic store of the future, Yes, seriously, robots making nigiri and maki. Our guest is Julian Metcalf, the founder and CEO of the Asian inspired healthy fast food chain Itsu, founder of the iconic Prat à Manger, and last but in no ways least, the founder of Itsu's grocery division, the Metcalf Food Company. I have so many questions to ask, and we only have a certain amount of time. So, on with introducing our guest and hear their incredible story. Welcome to HP, Julian.
0: Hi there. Hi, Amelia.
1: Julian, there is a wonderful quote on Itsu's website. When your passion and purpose are greater than your fears and excuses, you'll find a way. Now, sadly, we only have time for a whistle-stop tour. But how and where did it all come from?
0: I don't know. I have a need and a love of swimming upstream uh, and working and watching people do things they, even they're surprised and that's what keeps me going the Asian food you know I went to Japan 25 years ago and I've been many 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 times since and I just can't get enough of it the food their love of food their respect for food it's just mind-blowing so every time I go there I come back overwhelmed by ideas and, and inspiration
1: and where did it start when you um created Pret The idea of doing the sandwiches and setting up the shop and then for them to be in this very convenient... I remember I used to take packed lunches into work and all of a sudden we could go and get a sandwich. We could go in, take the carton out, and we could buy it and be back at our desk within minutes. Where did that whole concept come from? Well, you see,
0: it didn't just happen. It it, 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 um, took ages. In other words, the 1st press Pret-a-Manger was a complete mistake. Even when I was young, I used to go and see my my sister in, in New York. And I was so amazed by the prepared food shops there, zay bars, and it was just, they were incredible. We had nothing like them here. They're similar, but to what you saw in Paris. Paris was always a bit more disciplined and fancy, but we had nothing like that in England at all. So naively, I thought, well, it can't be, it can't be that difficult. So we set up. I set up the first manger with Sinclair. And we, you know, we cooked everything there, and it was terribly, terribly difficult. But it, but it was not successful. It took a long, long, long time before we had the confidence and the right thought process before it actually turned into a viable business. For the first two years, it was just sheer graft and determination and blind, blind hard work. But there were, there were some tipping points which worked. My grandmother died and left me 5,000 pounds. With that money, I bought the most incredible oven from France, a Euro four oven because I realized that if you cook baguettes fresh five times a day they were really really delicious in the same way if you if you baked if you rolled and baked croissant fresh they were they were just delicious and I had this naive belief that people everyone like would be like me they they would notice the difference and appreciate it and you know a great many did it's as simple as that so I used to work very very hard in in this naive belief that if things tasted really good, people would come on the journey. Right at the beginning, when I bought this oven, we realized how to bake the croissant. And then we we baked too many, so there were leftovers. We couldn't afford leftovers. So we we used to fill them the following morning. All the croissant left from the previous day, I used to cut open and fill. And the obvious thing was to fill them with like ham and cheese, but it just was a bit boring. So I wrote to some famous chef in Oxfordshire, the uh, man who, who runs Le Manoir Cat saison I wrote him a letter begging for a five minute audience where I could bring my field croissant. <laughs> so I drove down with all these field croissants and I said, what do you think? Please help me. Um, and he told me they were all pretty disgusting. And he told me, "said why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And sure enough, I did. So suddenly we went from selling 10 to selling 200 a day. And little things like that, you know, it's a journey.
1: Amazing. I do remember them with um, scrambled egg you had yeah. in on, didn't you? Scrambled egg.
0: <laughs> do you know, of course, it wasn't scrambled eggs. It was egg mayonnaise with, with, with um, smoked salmon. And I gave it to the chef, this famous chef. And he ate that one. He said, this one is very good. Very, very good. With scrambled <laughs> egg just salmon is very good. And I said, but that's not scrambled eggs. That's egg mayonnaise. And he said, that doesn't matter. And I remember thinking, ha ha. In the end, it is about the taste. It's really about the taste.
1: And that's really important to you, Julian, isn't it, with with all your creations?
0: It's really difficult to make food taste good and also not be incredibly unhealthy. So, you know, with Italy, it's been a real journey to try and... You know, the food in Japan and Korea and, and Vietnam is often it's often so delicious and it's light. Uh, and that's very hard to do.
1: It's that thing, isn't it? When you are you want lunch, you want something that's light, that you feel good. You don't feel that you're sitting there putting on shed loads of weight and yeah. you get some energy from it and a little zest. And you think, I feel really satisfied with what I've eaten. It's a visual yeah. feast. And then it's that sort of palate Sensation too, and the whole yeah. texture side of things—it's incredible. So, from Pret to Itsu, what was the sort of driver with you to set up Itsu? What was what's your mission with Itsu that you hadn't necessarily achieved with Pret?
0: So, Itsu started because um a friend of mine said, "Please come to Japan with me for a week." So, uh, an art dealer friend, and it was. Uh, I remember Virgin were offering two tickets for the price of one. This was years, <laughs> 20, 30 years ago. So I said, OK, fine, I'll go to Japan. I've never been. And um, it was I was just overwhelmed by the respect and the love of the handling of the food. I had never seen anything like it in my life. And I've been going back ever since. And I just was in those days in England, you know, Japanese restaurants, there were very few of them and they were terribly expensive. Um, so I naively thought, well, maybe I, Maybe one day I can do something about this. So I teamed up with a very capable, wonderful Japanese girl who we opened this first restaurant together in Chelsea, Itsu. And it was, again, it was a very hard work. It didn't quite work out the way we wanted, but in the end with a lot of hard work we battled on
1: and now look where you, you've taken Itsu to, to, to this incredible store that I cannot wait to go and explore with robots, Julian.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they understand technology uh, brilliantly. They really do. If you look at what Toyota did, you know, they really, really understand why, why pay a human being to do an incredibly boring task over and over again when you can get a machine to do it just as well. In fact, better. Um, I mean, actually, a great sushi chef would disagree with that. But to make a nigiri rice ball with these robots is, is incredible, incredible. They make four thousand six hundred an hour.
1: That's amazing. You know,
0: they don't get tired and they don't get Covid. They just. They
1: get... <laughs> I was going to say there's no sick leave. with No, robots. there's no sick
0: leave and They do a beautiful job, these robots, which helps us keep the prices down for our customers. You know, it's all very well selling food for £12, but if I could, I'd sell everything for one pound. You know, I really love the idea of good food being affordable.
1: Yeah, because I would imagine with Itsu, it's really labor intensive, isn't it? But Terrible, I suppose the robots yeah. have, have helped on that side. They've a helped.
0: Bit. Uh, yeah, we have to prepare the rice in every single shop. There are no shortcuts to a lot of it, but, 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 you know, the average spend is still seven pounds, which isn't so bad, you know?
1: And it's fresh as a daisy. I mean, that was the yeah, joy with Pret, is that you, you knew too. it was fresh. It had just yeah. been created in the kitchen downstairs. So, yeah. Julian, have you had a mentor at all um, in your, de- your business days?
0: No, usually I get a lot of inspiration from the bravery and the guts of the people I work with. Uh, that may sound silly, but it's not. It's When you watch people who you give responsibility and accountability, to when they rise up and they take a risk, it's just nothing is more enjoyable than watching that happen as, they, as their confidence grows. They just transform into into these incredible young leaders. There are a few people I work with who are very, very brilliant, who are older and more experienced than me. It's always best to, to try and keep your mouth shut in a room and, and work with people who are much smarter than you. And that's possible if you if you've got the guts to hire great people.
1: What do you think the secret to building an effective, engaged and devoted team? And you also attract a really refreshing international mix of young. What do you think that secret is? Because it's it's difficult recruitment, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's very difficult. Um,
1: And you seem to have nailed it.
0: No, I don't know. I I think organizations, large organizations of people quickly become extremely political. And, and, you know, too much politics saps the life out of just everything. Because, you know, everyone just instead of concentrating on the customer and the product, they're just posturing amongst each other. And it's exhausting. So I think the job mainly of leaders is to kind of stop that happening. And that's a complex job, isn't it? Giving people freedom and trust and accountability. And it's really, really not easy, but it's, it has to be done.
1: With the dreaded COVID-19, has that affected? I, I read that you had some really fantastic, ambitious expansion plans mm. pre-COVID. Are you still managing to crack along with it during this challenging time? I mean, on the
0: one hand, COVID's killed our best, the most exciting year of our ever. Mm. We were opening three issues in Paris. We were opening one in Hong Kong and oh, wow. two more in New York. It was so exciting, you know, it really was and as well as 14 here in this country. So it we, we really was a hell of a year, really exciting. So that's all gone, but that does not that's not the end of the world because we've been able to focus locked away. We've done some incredible innovation on grocery. We've done some really amazing innovation actually on our menu for ITSU. So it hasn't all been wasted at all, not, not by a long shot, but it's been very difficult for, for all of us and all our colleagues and everyone in our industry. It's just awful.
1: Yeah, absolutely ghastly. Did the grocery side, has that been busier in the way that people couldn't get into their local itsu to pick up their seaweed thins and
0: Yeah, that's had a heck of another amazing year, itsu groceries. Just extraordinary how people are embracing these these products that we've we've introduced. Took a bit of time, but it's really, really taking off now.
1: Well, I think once you get hooked, you get hooked. And if you know that for months and months you're not going to your office and you yeah. still want that little fix and treat, you're going to seek it out wherever you can get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've just launched uh, to this product called Brilliant Broth in Marks & Spencers, which you know we knew was good, and it took us the best part of two years to create it. Wow. Um, and it sells for £2, and it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, just so it's assume. affordable and healthy. Yeah. We were with the top. TV personality chef yesterday, he just couldn't believe it. He could not believe how good it was. So we were quite, yesterday was quite a good day. It is good, it's unbelievable.
1: What an incredible team, you're very lucky. So Julian, you've always been responsible with food waste from the early days at PrEP with FoodShare and now with ITSU with the half price food an hour before closing. How do you square up with sustainability with so much takeaway packaging, which is being consumed? It's really
0: hard. I got a passionate letter today, uh, yesterday, which I wrote back to this customer who wrote to me saying, I, I'm really bothered by the packaging in my um, sushi box. And um, I you know, I said, yeah, you're right. You're right to be bothered. It's very difficult. And he said, I just think I don't need the soy sauce pot. I don't need it. I had to write him saying, the truth is you, you kind of do need it because if we were to take it away, we would ruin the experience for so many other people. And we have tried we will always keep moving packaging, so it's more and more sustainable. We, we never stop making it lighter, different cards. We do everything humanly possible. But you know, not giving a customer the pot in which they mix the soy sauce with their wasabi would be criminal. And so we're actually moving that little plastic pot. We're moving that to card. We've managed at last after two years to make it in recycled black card.
1: Wow, and it and that will contain the source without it leaking out. So that,
0: exactly, yes, and that's been the problem. It kept on leaking. Gosh, that's clever. Anyway, after we've gone, we're on version thirty or something, but it's, we've cracked it now, and they've been ordered.
1: Oh, but, wow, how exciting! Yeah, yeah. Do you miss Julian the early days of of when you were setting up Pret and you you know all that sort of hubbub of a new business? Do you miss that at all?
0: Not really, because the feeling I get on, on some days and in some meetings and with some. It, things there's no different from my first or second day at work really there's no difference it's just the opportunity for for creativity and excitement is still there no difference whatsoever i suppose that's because i still do what i've always done on tuesdays and thursdays you know i do food Uh, my my role hasn't really changed much i've always managed to delegate to fantastic people on the finances the build the legal stuff all of that i got we are so lucky we have got such good people that I'm able to concentrate what I like doing and I'm not that bad at, which is the, the food, the branding, the communication, and the the idea, you know, the vision. So my, I, no, no, my, I'm, I've got no complaints. I'm really lucky.
1: Did you always want to run your own thing or was, is that, was that always sort of burning inside you? Were you quite independent as a child?
0: I was a pretty disobedient, <laughs> troublesome student as it were when everyone swam in one direction i tended to to look the other way i think which um so i really was genuinely not going to be a very good employee and i realized that so if you come to terms with the fact you're not going to be a very good pl- pl- employee you better, you better set about becoming an employer otherwise you're going to be starving so that was my journey really i think
1: were your parents supportive that you didn't have a proper job as such my father was always saying go and get a proper job uh did they support well, you in your when ventures? i gave up
0: my job i remember being sat down and said this is a very very risky and stupid thing you've done <laughs> and i just remember thinking crikey you know i was already <laughs> terrified so no one needed to tell me that but but i'm not i don't really blame them but they did yeah they said my father i remember told me i was quite pretty stupid
1: they must have been proud of you in the end though
0: all you really long for with your children is that they're happy and content and so it doesn't really matter how, what they achieve, how successfully I think it's irrelevant. What really matters is how they feel inside.
1: Do you think any of your children would um get involved with Itsu? Do you see that happening or your stepchildren?
0: Yeah, two uh at least uh of my three, I have uh four stepchildren and three children. Two of them are involved already. Wow. And adding and already adding huge value. Yeah. Uh Billy, my youngest son's an artist. Um but I often seek his opinion on stuff, so who knows? Maybe one day he'll come in too, but the other two are already
1: really helping. How fantastic. That is yeah. just so wonderful to hear. Where do your best ideas come from, Julian? I mean, is your, I, I sort of pitch you as if your mind is constantly spinning and spinning and spinning with ideas, but you know, where do they come from?
0: I don't know. Uh, of, often just perseverance. sometimes you get lucky and an idea works but usually the ideas you have to keep working at them don't you i think you keep on hitting brick walls and and then somehow you just keep fighting on until until it works out so an idea is usually the thing you end up with is often very very far away from the original idea
1: it's a bit like a plan isn't it you can plan stuff even like a business plan but actually the end picture is so different but you need the plan to sort of get to the end and And you need
0: you need the confidence to some to swim uh, in a different direction you just have to um shine and put together your vision of what it is something should look like and taste like and how much should it cost and 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 where's the where's the opportunity for people where's the joy in in your idea the product or the shop or you know what what it's used a very personal thing it's it's my idea of uh a place i would love to go and have lunch if i worked and I could wander into a nitsu. it's just my idea of heaven, so that I guess that's why I had a burning desire to try and create it. I mean it's never quite as good in reality as in my mind what it could be, but on a good day on a good day, I think the people I work with are are, are just remarkable how hard they have have made this you know come come together they're just I'm just extremely fortunate that they're so that they share my um drive and love for what what can be done but do you manage to get
1: round to the stores i mean do that your does everyone not, know no you i are? don't not
0: nearly as much as i should for which i'm permanently saying sorry to them because <laughs> there's nothing worse when you don't see your boss hardly ever and he come comes in or she comes in the first thing they do is notice things which are wrong which invariably is what happens with me um i have to be so careful because you know, you, you can't imagine if there are 10 or 15 really wonderful, hardworking people, you know, and all I notice is there's something wrong with the floor, the tables, <laughs> a light bulb. You know, I can destroy years of good work and hard work and culture in five minutes. But unfortunately, that's what I, I will notice everything which is wrong immediately before I notice what's right.
1: But you rein it in before you tell them.
0: Well, no, I try. I, I, I'm a real problem. I, I, I actually never stop saying sorry to them. that they, Whatever they do, don't let me in their shop. <laughs> Close it up quickly. And I think they understand that. They understand that if I come in and, and, and literally want to shoot myself because something's wrong, it's my fault, by the way. It's not their fault. It's, it's usually my fault. It's something that we haven't thought about.
1: But there is a, that thing, I think, as a founder where you 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 are one strives for perfection because you know your product so well and you know what you're aiming for. And it's very difficult sometimes to get it sort of unrealistic, uh, the sort of high pedestal that one puts it on to for people to achieve it the whole time. And as you say, it is that thing of just realizing that you need to add in a little extra this so that that then works. And it. Yeah. It,
0: Quite no no it's a never ending it's a never ending thing actually
1: have you always been confident and fearless I mean I I I'm assuming you are because I just feel that you are but maybe you're not
0: I wish I had more drive and uh, and scope I, I don't think I'm very fearless no I I think I'm rather a coward actually <laughs>
1: how interesting I don't interesting. think I'm fearless you seem yeah. very bold I feel that you 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 do seem confident maybe.
0: I don't. I don't think I'm any bolder than anyone who has a vision for something and does 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 their own thing.
1: I mean, you've seen many business cycles, haven't you, from 1986 yeah. through to now. I mean, that must be fascinating, uh, although yeah. scary roller coaster. But I mean, you've done recessions, you've done absolute peaks where everybody's throwing cash all over the place, and yeah. now where we're at today.
0: I know it's amazing, isn't it? Um... I know, and there've been so many cycles, as you say, where we've watched people come and and now quite a few have gone, and then new ones come and they go, and and then my job, I think, is is with my team just to focus on the customer, you know, not get just focus on the product and the customer. That's what matters.
1: Well, I think as a customer, I'm very biased. I love itsu, but I feel always really looked after in my local branch. Oh. They're very friendly and they smile and they're helpful and I really like it. I, it's, and it's so quick and slick, you don't have to hang around, you know? It's, it's brilliant. But that, that's
0: not easy to do. That will be because the manager treats the people he or she works with like, like with the, you know, with the respect and care that they deserve. And that is immensely difficult. The managers are, someone who manages an ITSU store, you know, it's really difficult. You have to be like a shrink. You've got to be a business person. You've got to be a disciplinarian. You've got to be everything. And often they're quite young, these people. Just, I just have so much admiration for them. Imagine having 20, 20 people working for you under really quite a lot of pressure and these quite high standards. Imagine how difficult that is when often you're not more than 30 or 25 years old or something.
1: Yeah, so you're not even used to managing yourself, really. No, At that age, I was exactly. quite reckless. <laughs> this,
0: this is not difficult. These people deserve so much respect, I tell you.
1: Do they do their own recruiting in the, in each store, Julian? Well, no, what
0: happens is people will apply and they will go to the store where they will work for the day and then the, the store will decide if they like them or not. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Gosh, that must be heartbreaking if you're told you haven't got it, because you then would have a personality issue that nobody likes you. That no, I think it's worse than that, because everyone <laughs>
0: actually secretly votes at the end of the day if they like you or not.
1: Oh, wow. Who is the person, Julian, that you would sit up to and listen to most?
0: Oh, I think, oh, God, I mean, that depends what you're talking about. But let's just say I was trying to improve my seaweed thins. I'd go to the man who makes them our man. He's 70 five years old, our partner who makes our seaweed tins. Because at the end of the day, if you want to make better seaweed tins, go to the source, find the man who's most, or the woman who's most capable in the world. And if you want to really understand, you know, how to improve the culture in your business, go and speak to someone who truly understands how to create a dynamic culture in a business, but go to people who are specialized, listen to them. I, I haven't met anyone who can, I can just generally listen to. That would be impossible. But specifically for different subjects, design, design plays a hugely important role. Communication plays a key role. So if I want to really understand why I'm failing to communicate, I'll go and try and ring someone up who's a friend and go and speak to them. So why, why am I so useless at this? And they, in five minutes, will put me right.
1: What do you think you've learned about yourself whilst having your businesses?
0: You never stop learning about yourself, do you?
1: what's the most recent (sighs) learning then julian
0: (laughs) that that you don't change (laughs) that's one that's a sadness that you can't mature and change (laughs) and grow up and why are you still working you know that that is a pain in the ass actually
1: (laughs) okay we're going to have a quick fire round, julian and then we're going to get on to our non-chocolate break and you're going to tell us what we're going to have for that in a minute um so just a quick answer to these optimist or pessimist
0: oh pessimist Oh, no, actually. It depends on the day. Oh, OK. No, no, I'd say both, because otherwise, if I was a pessimist all the time, I would never would have done anything. So I'm, I'm a mix <laughs> of both.
1: OK. Introvert, extrovert or an ambivert, which is a mix of the intro and extro?
0: I'm, I'm more of an extrovert, I'd say.
1: Perfectionist or non-perfectionist?
0: Definitely a perfectionist.
1: Early bird or night owl?
0: Both. <laughs> 24-7. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we are going to tuck in, as I say, to our non-chocolate break. Julian is not a chocolate eater. I think he's a man without a sweet tooth. So we are sharing, uh, I hope you've got yours by your side. Your lovely assistant has got them there. Uh, We are going to share the seaweed wafer thins. Julian, would you tell our listeners a little bit about these? Because they're a very important product, I've discovered, to your whole empire.
0: Well, they're not a particularly important product in terms of the turnover or profitability.
1: No, no, but they were a leader. But, they started. But they you were up, the first they?
0: thing. Yeah, they were, and I discovered them. A man makes them in Korea, where they they harvest a lot of seaweed, and 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 seaweed. Honestly, you could you could be a mastermind. You could do. You could spend your life studying seaweed. But the the sea the sea of Korea, they have a particular type of seaweed he harvests, um, and the way. He cooks it and dries it and makes and rolls it. it is so incredible, and the taste. Come on, it does taste great. Isn't well,
1: it? Wait, okay, so you share. You tell me which flavor you've gone for, because I've well, gone the, for one that gives a real tingle.
0: Which, what's it called, wasabi? I know I've got sea salt here. Just a oh box. no,
1: okay, I've got wasabi, and it's just what I needed. It just makes you go tingle all over your body. It's I love it. It just. The, the, the balance of wasabi with seaweed it's just and on also, the money.
0: They're a work of art, don't you think? They're
1: yeah, they're so thin. And the other thing is, I mean, normally we rave about chocolate, but I'm very happy to rave, rave about these, is that they're so thin and none of them are broken. I mean, that is an art in itself. Not one sheet is broken. Right, one there. sheet's
0: broken. 22 calories or something in the whole packet
1: i know they are divine anyway that and we've got to get back to work there's a few more questions that you have to answer but i'm going to carry on munching while i'm asking you julian what are your thoughts on the words success and failure
0: well uh not not always positive actually because people who attributed are attributed to having a lot of success can actually be a real pain in the ass they can become arrogant and conceited um and everything which which is bad so you have to be careful about that. Um, I, I don't think of myself as being successful. I, I really don't. I think of myself as being on a journey, and one day, maybe on, on a good day, that we, we achieve things collectively which are successful. But but I just, that just, we're in England, you know. I'm married to an American, and we don't celebrate success as much as they do in America. But we're rather cynical of it here, which I quite like, actually. Um, failure. Oh, that's uh, when you when I hear that, uh, that's just sad, and it's a shame. You know, there's no need. You need to. There's no need for failure. In a I way, I think it should really,
1: be removed from the dictionary. Failure.
0: Yeah, it's really sad. You know, when you're young, when you're at school, and you have a great teacher who you look up to, who communicates with you,
1: there's it's just
0: incredible. You you see kids who. They have a great geography teacher and they suddenly get a first in geography and they go on and geography features in their whole life somehow. I mean, I—it's it, uh, failures are very bad, but I mean, people need to be encouraged.
1: They do. And I think teachers are really important with that. I had some duff teachers and they, you know, I didn't feel encouraged at all. My maths O level, I failed twice. But um, and science was a no brainer because they were just dull. And actually, I was too naughty for them, so I was dismissed a lot. Anyway, um, on to the well being side, Julian. Your mission, I think, is creating healthy food. How important is it incorporating well being into your day? And do you manage to achieve it whilst you are munching your seaweed <laughs> <in>? <laughs> Um
0: Well, I don't eat do much chocolate. I well, know. I don't really have a sweet tooth, so I, so thank God I'm not morbidly obese. But I don't look after myself nearly as well as I should. But if it wasn't for my love of good food and healthy food, I think I'd be in terrible shape. But but uh, luckily I am. Um, I'm, I'm living in a world where all we do here is concentrate on good food.
1: But do you, so, do, you do exercise at all? Well, I run around a lot. Yeah. I'm
0: never still for a minute. So, luckily, I'm wearing the same clothes I bought 20 years ago.
1: Wow, um, that's not bad.
0: Yeah, not bad. I think I'm wearing a suit right now I bought 20 years ago.
1: Gosh, that must make you feel good.
0: No, it's a <laughs> tiny bit tight, tiny bit <laughs> tight. But um, I
1: haven't had to have it,
0: you know, extended or whatever it is.
1: Do you Do you have any hobbies? I mean, do you sail or do you ski or do you bike? Or... I do
0: all of those things. Right. Um. I do, but I don't. I don't do them very much because I genuinely, if there's time to be had, work on the food, go to China, go go and cook something. Love anything to do with food. That's my hobby. Actually, do you cook at home hobby. then? Sometimes, yeah. I'm not. I don't have a huge patience to properly cook, so I'll make a huge mess and I'll stab around and I'll spend a couple <laughs> of hours, or I'll make two hundred and fifty of the same thing. <laughs> um, because I'm trying to reach perfection of one particular thing. Um, and then I'll just leave a terrible mess. And um, yeah, but no, I don't cook like I should. I don't have the patience.
1: Do you have your phone off or on at night? I'm always fascinated because I turn uh, mine off and I just... Think, I, I turn right, it off. Yeah. I Much turn healthier. it off,
0: but I do reach for it first thing in the morning.
1: <laughs> no, Arianna Huffington says that we're not to be doing that. No reaching for the phone. There's uh, to be 10 minutes or 20 minutes of a bit of mindfulness and feeling positive about the day. Then you can reach for your phone.
0: God, I know. but well, she's they're right. She's right. But she is that's right. Just, I don't know how to do that.
1: She's a sassy lady. So do you ever have any problems with sleep? I mean, is your mind constantly whirling around or do you sleep quite well?
0: I sleep OK. I'm lucky. I sleep OK. I sleep because okay. sleep
1: is so important. I mean, that's the more and more. Yeah, there's more and more research about how important sleep is. Sleep is as, as important as being fit and healthy, you know, doing your exercise and eating well and, and creating balance in your life. Yeah, you should have a look at it. It's really vital. And it's good for um, sort of holding off dementia and stuff like that, which, OK, is we're it? not at the stage yet, but we could be heading that way. I mean,
0: how many hours do you sleep a night?
1: I try and get seven, if not eight. But I, I when I ran my previous business, which is chocolate business, I was stressed the whole time and I really didn't sleep. I'd have racing heart and feel sick and, you know, f- uh, just bed sweats from just feeling, oh, my God, what's going to happen sort of thing. Oh I, I wasn't very good at handling my worry. But now in my podcast world and just hitting 50 and just thinking life is okay, I sleep like an absolute
0: log. Well, that's great. That's great. Now I don't sleep too badly.
1: Do you have a book or a song that you'd like to recommend to the listeners? Now I know you haven't get, had any pre-warning to this, so you might not have anything in your head. But if you did,
0: uh, it's a it's a tricky one because where do you start? You know, I don't. I wouldn't know where to begin. Doctor Zeus, the places you'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave that to my daughter, age eighteen.
1: Did she love it?
0: Yeah, she gave. We 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 never stop giving each other. But now now, Doctor Zeus features strongly. But uh, it's 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 a lovely book.
1: Well, I'm going to revisit it.
0: Yeah, go on. It's very relevant to all ages and everybody. Um, and a song? No. No, no. I change my love. My I drive people mad with my music taste. Unfortunately, no one in my family will even allow me to ever play music. What would it be?
1: Abba. <laughs> no,
0: unfortunately, I've I become fixated. So I'll suddenly become fixated on on a particular. So Billie Eilish was my fixation for about oh, four Oh, yeah, months. amazing! Fairly talented girl. You can't yeah, quite get your head around how she reaches those and holds those notes. No. So I'll do that. I'll drive people mad, but over and over again.
1: And then you'll move on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. So Julian, with more and more. People, sadly, having to reassess their work lives with COVID-19. I'm sure a lot are now going to be thinking about setting up their own business. Others will be already thinking about setting up their business pre-COVID. What advice would you give to people who are now thinking of starting up their own biz?
0: Well, I think the main thing, I guess, is that people, when you decide to start your own business, you it's it's, it's invariable, it has to be that you believe that the product or that whatever it is you're going to do is going to be needed and and it's going to go right. Because if you if you, if you you didn't think that, you wouldn't have obviously start your business at all. But all, I, all you need to bear in mind is it, it probably won't go right. Number one, it's going to be very different to the one you imagined. And number two, it's definitely not going to go right. So if you can continuously focus and celebrate that, but carry on regardless, then you'll be okay. But if you don't celebrate and accept that, then you're going to be in trouble.
1: Very wise words.
0: And you'll be, you'll be blaming everybody else, and you'll get all frustrated. When in fact, what 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 you need to do is just accept the fact that your original idea wasn't quite bang on. You've got to change.
1: So the last two things that I'm going to try and extract from you, Julian, because the podcast is called Hope and Patience. I'd love to know of a time where you've had to have real hope, and then a time where you've had to hang on to patience.
0: Crikey. <laughs> I think everything i do my whole career is based on hope if something's not going well and 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 you've you've taken a risk and you have a vision for something and that vision invariably doesn't work out immediately what else is there but hope hope that you'll be able to make that journey the hope that you'll be able to work with your team to put it right the hope that each one of your team will come with ideas and resources and Just the desire and the will to make it right together. That's hope. I I go into every every day of my life and every meeting with hope. I really do. Without hope, there's nothing. Honestly. Patience. I don't have a lot of patience because the relationship between hope, part of the hope is now come on. You accept the fact it's not working. Now you have a hunch of what you're going to do. Go do it going to happen for you go do it so I'm quite an impatient person in fact that's one of my many failures failings I'm a bit impatient
1: yes I'm very impatient too do you know what but I mean then that keeps I... one hungry doesn't it I think you know you're not patient so you push on you crack on because yeah. it's not happening but then maybe one should just ease up and go a bit more with the flow what do you think
0: well I have a, my wife says that she says it's one of my great failings that just because it's done doesn't mean it's right and she's ah,
1: wild. very wise yes so
0: i'll often rush to finish something and finishing it is almost more important than doing it beautifully and that's that's a pain that's stupid much better to plan it and do it properly See, but it's easy to say that isn't it it's very hard to do
1: yeah, it is easy to say, it is very hard to do. So, Julian, where can um, I'm sure most of our listeners know your stores, but where can they find out more about you and your team, and also where can they visit your new robotic store as well? Because that's that opened in in September, didn't it?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, great. That's on Great Portland Street, directly opposite the tube station. And I was there on Sunday and Monday, and it was looking great. Um the robots they don't see because they're in the basement. But it's a lovely store. Run by Andrea, who's doing an amazing job. Um and the rest is on the website and in Sainsbury's and Acado. Brilliant broth. Brilliant broth. and MS. Honestly, that's the one to buy for two quid.
1: That's supposed to be really good if you have flu and things like that, broth, isn't it? It's Oh. But it's... there's this
0: one is there's a chicken and a suyu. You can make it with noodles vegetables just pour it over it's each packet it's it, it's 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 already made the broth is ready to use it is incredible
1: so that's what we should all have in our store cupboard i think yeah no this... in the fridge in
0: the fridge. Open, in the
1: fridge in the fridge in the
0: fridge it's in a tetra pack you know like okay. milk yeah and you just warm it up and then you pour it over some noodles or just pour it over vegetables and that is an incredible supper maybe break an egg poach an egg in it oh wow Even better yeah it's it's really good i'm not a really really great great idea
1: i would also like to add in here cuz julian is so understated i mean honestly and i feel so um amazed because Julian, I have a little hero worship for Julian and what he's done. And and so to oh spend God. this time with you on the podcast, I know it's sad, but it is true, Julian. has been a really, it's been a real treat. But I think everybody should check out Julian on his YouTube videos because he talks, Julian talks real sense and he really knows what he's talking about. And each one that I looked at before I watched, before interviewing Julian, just bowled me over and I rewatched them because you learn so much. And I think the whole thing with running your own gig is that we're constantly learning. And if you can learn off others who really know what they're doing and have experienced so much, they're priceless gems. So just Check them out, basically. Uh, I would like to say, Julian, the hugest thank you. It has really made my day to be chatting with you. I promise you, I'm going to remember this for some time because Uh, I... You're very
0: sweet. Thank you. Well, it was
1: just, you know, Pret was the the saviour for office lunches and it's something that I've just loved and Itsu is just my real go-to and now i'm so lazy that if people come around pre-covid days um i just buy Itsu, which is very lazy but that's what they get and everybody loves it great so thank you well
0: thank you amelia so much
1: so um before i go it's time for my book recommendation and quote for this episode the book is nixon embracing the dutch art of doing nothing by olga mecking Olga is a mum of three, business owner, journalist and wife. And this is her fascinating exploration into the art of Nixon. Nix being meaning nothing and Nixon, the verb to do nothing. Croissants were her Nixon turning point. To find out more, you'll have to read to the last page of the book. It's very readable and superbly referenced. And the quote is by Rumi. Live life as if everything is rigged in your favour. So a huge thank you for finding the show. I hope you enjoyed the chat. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episode. And if you're enjoying the show, it would be truly fab if you could rate and review it. Any book recommendations, quotes, songs can be found in the show notes and on the website too. Until the next time, however tough the times get, keep that inner sparkle you have.
0: Hope and Patience with Amelia Rope. Join the conversation at hopeandpatience.co.uk Find Amelia on Facebook at Hope and Patience or on Twitter and Instagram at Amelia underscore Rope.